0: I heard a talk by Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen a while back, and I remember he he was kind of lamenting in the midst of this talk, that at least at the time, this would have been in the 60s, that the way that they were sort of like advertising for young men to consider the priesthood He said he really didn't like it because it was too much like a toothpaste commercial. And he said that basically it was like, you know, look into the priesthood. It's great. It's all sorts of wonderful things and you're going to love it. And that was it, basically. And he said that, you know, ultimately like our Lord is looking to call people to have them, you know, love him with all their heart. He's not just looking for customers, you know, that ultimately he wants them to understand what that relationship with him will mean. And you can see that same sort of thing at work in the gospel today. I mean, when you consider just the stark contrast between the opening line and what Jesus says, it's a pretty incredible thing. And your great crowds were traveling with Jesus. You know, from a marketing perspective, that sounds great, right? I mean, mean, think about right now. It's like we want to get, you know, more people in the pews. We want to get as many people into the church as possible. But that's not good enough. And you can see that in the way that our Lord responds to the fact that there are great crowds following. He turns and addresses them. If anyone comes to me without hating his mother and father, his wife and children, brothers and sisters, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Now, if I was, you know, his head of marketing, I'd be like, Lord, just want to say... That may not be the best branding technique, you know? I mean, to say that you got to do all this harsh hating right there, what does that mean exactly? I mean, is that going to really keep these people following? But like I said, he doesn't just want more numbers. He wants us in love with him and to know exactly what's going on. Now, I will say, I think it's important uh, to just sort of clarify on language and just the use of language between sort of like an ancient Semitic way of speaking and the way we speak today. Um, I mean, hating is still very strong, but there's a difference. For example, in Hebrew, they don't have sort of like the progressive steps of describing something. So, for example, you could say like, you know, I'm striving to be holy, the servers are holier, and the deacon is holiest, right? You know, like we have this sort of gradation, holy, holier, holiest. In Hebrew, they don't have that. They, what they do is they repeat something three times. So when we sing holy, holy, holier, you notice on the steps going up into the sanctuary, sanctus, 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 it's essentially saying holiest. Like that's how you have to do that in Hebrew, and it carries over into today. And the same thing is true when it comes to like language of preference. For example, if I were to go down to Spanky's later on today and to get some ice cream, I could say, I like vanilla, I hate chocolate. It's like saying, I prefer vanilla, that's the one I want, don't give me the chocolate, I don't prefer that one. It's not like, oh, every time I see chocolate, I break out into hives of anger, you know, because it's so terrible. No, it's not like a passionate thing, it's a language of preference. But you gotta admit, still, that's some harsh language to say without hating his father, mother, children, brothers, sisters, and even his own life. What exactly, you know, is our Lord saying? It's that basically if you're going to follow him. You've got to be all in. You've got to give him your whole heart. This isn't just something that we can kind of, you know, sort of be a fan and kind of on the edge and it's something we dabble with from time to time. No, that's not the way that this works. That ultimately he wants us to be in total relationship with him. That if we're going to follow him, It's got to be with our all. And I will say, as I keep saying all in, yes, the Texas Hold'em analogy does apply. And I'll just explain it real quick. If you've never played the poker game, Texas Hold'em, you know, everybody's got their chips, right? And there's something called the blinds. So in order just to play, um, as it moves around, someone is a small blind and a big blind, meaning you've got to put in one or two chips. Let's just say for simplicity's sake, five dollars or ten dollars. And it moves around. And the thing is, if you are just kind of sitting there, eventually, that's going to just kind of chip away at your chip count. Sorry, I didn't mean to say chip so many times. I'm kind of hungry. I want a snack. But, you know, it's like all of these, uh, you know, it's like your, your fortune, so to speak, gradually just goes away without you doing anything. Eventually, you've got to go all in. You've got to stake it on something or, you know, it all just kind of fades away sort of like our time, our experience, what we really love and care for. And our Lord is telling us right up front, look, if you're going to follow me, you've got to deny yourself and take up your cross. You've got to do the hard thing. You've got to come to me. Now, a lot of times, thanks be to God, everything's lined up. You know, Scripture doesn't contradict itself. It's not like the Gospel today throws out the fourth commandment, honor your father and your mother. But the thing is, if your father and your mother are standing in the way of you following Christ to the fullest, you've got to make the preferential choice for Christ himself. I mean, for all those of you who normally go to 430 Mass, and today you had to make the preferential choice to get up early. And if your family's like, what are you doing leaving early? Well, you've got to make the choice for our Lord. And of course, there are much harder ones that come up many times. And what he's telling us is that to be his disciple We've got to give it our all. We've got to be all in. Now, the thing that I will say that is so helpful, and especially with the language of the cross, is this harsh? Is it difficult? Yes. But does he tell us that right up front? Absolutely. And the other amazing and brilliant thing about our Lord is he doesn't ask us to do things that he's not willing to do himself. Think about him. What does he do? The same one who calls us to be all in is all in for us. On the, night, on the night he was betrayed, he took bread, blessed it, gave it to us, and said, take this, all of you, and eat of it, for this is my body. What does he do the next day? He lays down his life for us on the cross. He shows us what it is to be all in and to remain with us that we might have the strength to be all in ourselves in this day and age, 2,000 years after he gave us the gift of the Eucharist, the one that we get to celebrate at this very Mass. The good news is he does make it possible. Even though it's difficult, even though, I know, to hear those words are strong and harsh. And sometimes to deny even your own life, to sacrifice your own comfort, your own, you know, just well-being, so to speak, for the sake of the gospel. Even though it's not easy, it's totally worth it. Why? Because he showed us first that that kind of love is possible. That he has that sort of all-in love for us. The question is, are we willing to respond in kind? Praise be Jesus Christ, now and forever.